We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. For several years now, I've been helping schools implement trauma-informed strategies in their schools. Now, as students are starting to come back to school, the need for this is greater than ever. Here's the thing. I'm not a social worker, and I don't pretend to be. So my training really focuses on practical strategies that you can implement in your school without making your teachers feel like they have to be social workers also. I help schools implement trauma-informed strategies so that fewer discipline referrals, fewer dysregulated students, and a calmer, more focused atmosphere. And the best thing is, this training aligns perfectly with ESSER funding, so you don't have to take it out of your school budget. My clients report that they have a better sense of how to help their students without adding another thing to their plate. Go to jethrojones.com trauma to read more about it, and let's schedule a chat. That's jethrojones.com trauma. Welcome to Transformative Principle. Today, I am super excited to have Alyssa Gallagher on the program. She's the head of education in North America for BTS Spark, which is a not-for-profit practice focused on bringing executive-level coaching to every school leader. She has extensive experience guiding, extensive experience leading schools and districts to revolutionize learning for students. Under Alyssa's guidance, Los Altos School District became a nationally recognized leader in education innovation with her work featured in Forbes, Wired, The Economist Magazine, and on CNN and CBS's 60 Minutes. After two decades working with 
in K-12 education, Alyssa led the global leadership practice for the Wiseman Group, which we've had on the podcast. Talked to Liz Wiseman about Rookie Smarts previously. There's a link to that in the show notes. Uh, on co-designing executive development strategies to enable leaders to better become multipliers of their people's talent. Alyssa has worked with a wide spectrum of leaders, ranging from early career professionals in her local school district to seasoned executives in Fortune 500 companies. Alyssa enjoys working with leaders to design strategies that leverage the capability, creativity, and intelligence of everyone on their team. Alyssa, welcome to Transformative Principle. Thanks, Jethro. Excited to be here today. Well, I'm excited to talk to you every time I have the opportunity to talk to you. It's an enlightening and engaging experience. So I'm happy uh, to be here chatting with you today. So thank you. Of course. Um, So I want to talk about all the upheaval, all the challenges, all the strain that we've been through over the last year and a half and the effect that that has had on the well-being of our staff and of ourselves and of our students. And it seems like, in my experience over this last year and a half, everything has really been focused on zeroing in on the importance of well-being. And do you feel like you've seen that as well? Or do you feel like that has been pushed to the side or seen as something not as important? Yeah, that, that's a great, I mean, I think that's a great place to start. Wow. You know, what a year, actually a year and a half, if you think about it, that we're coming out of. And, you know, maybe one of the good things is that it, we we're starting to shine a spotlight on challenges in schools and school communities that have been there. Listen, I don't think the need for well-being in schools is new, right? I think it's definitely being highlighted and probably exasperated a bit by the situation. You know, like we know that well-being is a prerequisite for learning, which means like we should be concerned about the well-being of our students. But I also believe that it's um, it's required for teaching and it's a prerequisite for leading too. So, you know, I think if we want to come out of this school, this experience stronger, then and if we want to create schools that are thriving, then we really need to start focusing and talking about supporting the well-being, not just of our students, but of our staff and perhaps even our school leaders. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I in the summer of 2020 when we were trying to decide whether or not people were going back to school and trying to understand how that was all going to work. Um, I had a lot of conversations with uh, principals and teachers and did a reopening schools workshop. And in that reopening schools workshop, every single principal that was in there talked about the need for having people feel like they were still visible, even though they were away. So well-being shot up to the number one priority. And you're right, it hasn't, it's not a new thing. It's not like we haven't thought about or needed a focus on well-being before, but it seems like it really came to the forefront. And I think that you're right about well-being being a requirement for learning, for teaching, and for leading. And it's it's something that's easy to say, Alyssa, but it's not quite so easy to do. So what is it that makes it well-being so difficult for us to have as part of our daily practice? Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question, isn't it? Uh, you know, no, only easy questions on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We can go down the path of, you know, why of how we prioritize things that can be measured right over well-being is not necessarily something that's easy to be, to measure. Um, I also think it's, it's a tricky area where, 
I, I do think we've made progress. And when I say we, I mean like the collective we, like the broader educational community. I think we've made progress around understanding the importance of well-being for students. You know, we we've we've been talking about whole child and we've you know, we've been implementing SEL practices, probably not with the fidelity that we should have, but at least there's a robust conversation around wellness in school. Um, I hope now that this, this increased need and awareness will actually drive additional practices. And I hope that we'll actually like broaden the circle a bit, you know, we'll broaden the circle to include teachers and principals and principals, especially because I don't know about you, Jethro, but I remember back to my days of being an elementary school principal and, you know, you're, you're the boss, you're the person in charge and you're sort of expected in your school community to have all of the answers. And I think especially during this last, you know, experience of COVID it's an impossible, like it's always, it's a challenging job, but I think in some ways school leadership in particular has become almost an impossible job. And, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing the effects of that, right? I, I, I'm sure you read, there was a new study out that, that indicated that I think it's somewhere, don't quote the exact number, but 40, 45% of principals are considering leaving their position after this year, you know? And so that indicates to me, Wow, there's a real a crisis potentially in the school office, and you know it leaves me to wonder how might we change that, and if well-being and finding ways to support principals could be a part of that. I agree with that, and that's um, I I don't remember the exact number, but somewhere in the forty percent range, forty to fifty percent, and that's a lot of principals leaving, and what that creates is a an immense amount of pressure on people replacing those positions who likely don't have the experience necessary to be proactive in ensuring that they have things under control in their life, which is not always an easy thing to do. And in in my book, School X, the very first thing that I say in there is that principals are in a unique position because they are pulled by so many different priorities of so many different people that their own ability and opportunity to grow is really challenged because they are so busy taking care of other people and putting out fires. And my wife actually just last night said something that was amazing. She's referencing me (laughs) as we were talking to friends. Uh She said, you were so busy putting out other people's fires that sometimes it seemed like you forgot to light and nurture your own. And that really made sense to me because I, I was putting too much emphasis on serving everybody else and wasn't taking care of myself. And it was easy, easy to get into that particular situation where I was only thinking about serving others and not doing anything for myself. And it it led to me having, losing my own sense of identity because I was a principal and not a human being first. It made me uh, become a workaholic and I was, you know, at work until late at night when I didn't need to be. And it took me a while to figure out how to change that so I could get home at a decent hour. And my last two years of being a principal, I was able to say, I'm going home at this specific time every single day so that I can be there for my family. And it took a lot to do that. But once I started making those changes, I really got a lot better at being a principal also, which don't often think about, but having your self-care taken care of makes it possible for you to rise to a higher level. 
Yeah. And you know what? That's such a powerful personal story, Jethro, and how lucky you are to have your wife be able to recognize that. And then for you to be able to shift your practices um, and then recognize that you're actually more effective if you're able to, you know, provide yourself the care first and foremost, before you think of yourself as a principal. It's really interesting. I, I've been intrigued of trying to find, I'm always interested in finding the bright spots in education, you know, where are things going really well? And especially in times that are so uncertain and ambiguous and complex and in speaking with different superintendents and organizations, it's really striking to me that it seems this is, you know, my opinion right now, but it seems that a lot of organizations that were ready to be more adaptive and innovative in this context of uncertainty, they were the the organizations, the school districts that did that were having conversations about um, educator well being. You know, they are organizations that are looking at how do we make sure to support our teachers so that our teachers can support our students, and if we want our principals to support our teachers, how do we support our principals? And this isn't a traditional conversation in schools or districts. You know, I think. We've probably, anybody who's been a school principal has probably experienced, you know, having maybe a mentor or having some support at the district office, but it's not necessarily focused on um, the support you may need as a leader to really coach then your teachers or your community. So it's just interesting to me to start to, you know, to hear you talk about your personal experience and being able to actually correlate sort of effective performance with your own personal well-being and wellness. So that's that's really interesting to me. Well, and one of the fallacies that we have is that we, any focus on social and emotional stuff or other things besides the academic content takes away from that. And I would argue that it's just the opposite, that it actually reinforces supports and makes that more memorable when you do get to that point, because you're in a place where you're more ready to learn and grow and develop. Absolutely. And it's even the way we talk about it, even with students, right? This idea that we talk about soft skills. It's like, well, there's nothing really soft about some of these skills that we actually, you know, we need as a community, we need as individuals, personal resilience and empathy and human connection. Like they're actually pretty important. And I am hopeful that now there will be a greater focus on this. Yeah, I'm hopeful too. And I think about so many of the things that could be better in our world if that if those were the skills being taught instead of how to do well on a test or, you know, whatever content area we're in, if we focused more on those critical skills instead of soft skills is how I like to refer to them as, then we so many problems just would not be problems at this point because it'd be nearly impossible for them to exist if we were teaching the correct things, like how to treat others with respect, how to see others as human beings first and foremost how to have empathy and kindness and, and courage and all those things that, that it seems like we're so often missing out on. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, 
One book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being and much more. These books used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. So with these things being said, Alyssa, what's your suggestion about how we make this focus on well-being actually happen day to day? So it's not just some idea that we feel good about when we're starting the school year and the, the PD session is about that. How do we make it so that it's actually going to be happening every single day? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I think, I, I do think one of the first steps is more conversations, right? More conversations like this, opportunities for school leaders, especially to connect um, and to have these conversations where um, they're, you know, they're finding the support they need to, to process their own emotions, to develop their own personal resilience, whether that's through, you know, uh, mastermind groups and connecting with other coaches, uh, with other principals, excuse me, or, you know, whether it's finding a, a more, um, you know, flexible coaching program or something that provides them the support. Uh, I'm a big uh, fan of Brene Brown's work and uh, something that she says always sticks with me uh, that is, you know, who you are is how you lead. And I can't help but think that if we, you know, if we provided leaders with more support on how to lead with empathy and how to have those difficult conversations and how to avoid mind traps that get in your way of leading, that that would actually have a pretty powerful impact on the school community as a whole, right? Because that would, that trickles into then how teachers and how a a leader is able to support the teachers. And that trickles into how the teacher is able to support and have those conversations as well at the classroom level. So I do think there is... I think it's possible, but I think it's going to take a lot more conversations and it takes a little bit of vulnerability on the part of a school leader. You know, just you sharing your own story there of having your wife point out that, hey, maybe you were so busy putting out fires that you weren't able um, to prioritize your own self-care. There's a level of vulnerability in being able to say that, right? And this is beyond... This is beyond having, you know, the small gestures. I think we're pretty good in schools about trying to recognize teachers or leaders, you know, whether it's teacher appreciation week or it's the coffee cart or it's, you know, we have these small sort of acts of kindness and generosity aimed towards uh, teachers and school leaders. My hope is that we can move beyond that and make it, you know, start looking at, okay, those are nice thank yous and gestures of kindness, but those aren't really steps to support well-being and health of educators. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I had a, a person I was talking to about joining my mastermind and and she said, you know, I actually decided that I, that I wanted to go with an, with an all-women mastermind. And I was like, you know what? That's fantastic. The fact that you're getting help is what matters. And this was a woman who I really looked up to, thought she would be fantastic to join my group and really looked forward to the to the voice that she would bring to my group because I thought she'd make it better. But she needed to do what was right for her. What I loved about her being able to say I needed an all-woman's group was that she was able to find something that worked for her. And that's really what it's about. And there are so many different options that we that we can have to help us get better. 
But what we really have to be able to do is find what works for us. And of course, I'd love to have more people join my mastermind. That would be great. But I also just want principals as a whole to take better care of themselves and be the best that they possibly can be. Um, So one story to illustrate this is there is a principal who had a problem with his teachers yelling at kids to when they came late for class. And it was really frustrating him because like your first interaction was to come down on that kid and, you know, be a jerk basically. And he was really frustrating. He's like, I don't know what to do here because I want my teachers to change. But if I do the same thing I'm accusing them of, then it's going to be really bad. And so he went to the to the mastermind and said, how should we deal with this? And people gave him ideas. And what he settled on was when a teacher comes in late to a staff meeting, which as you know, happens all the time, right? <laughs> he was going, he committed to treating them how he wanted them to treat their students. And this is where it is it is really powerful because that trickle-down effect that you talked about does really happen. And so when the teacher, especially the one who was the worst offender at yelling at kids when they came in late, when she came in late, he would say, I'm happy to have you here. Welcome to staff meeting or to whatever we're doing today. And And this teacher, without ever being told, you need to stop yelling at the kids, started to change her practice so that she was not as rude when the kids came in late. And he thought that it was because she had seen him do that with her. And that's where, as leaders, the things that we model are the things that people pick up on as well. It's not just what we say. In fact, it's more important that that they see us do it because that's where the real teaching lies. That, that's such a fun example. And I love that you're able to provide, you know, space and time for these conversations in masterminds. Um, and I think that part of what we have to do is we also have to normalize, right? We have to normalize that it's okay um, to have coaching or be a part of a mastermind or a problem solving group. You know, it, it's interesting to me that in the business world, um, it's expected if not, it's expected if you're in the C-suite to have an executive coach or to have leadership support, to have somebody working with you on developing personal resilience and talking through your challenging situations. And, you know, we haven't had that luxury in education, partially because of the cost, um, but partially just probably lack of resources as well. And so it's exciting to me when I start to hear that there are a variety of venues now for school leaders, teachers, school leaders, district leaders to be able to get the type of support they need. And I, and I believe that this, this type of support is more, it's not an either, or yes, we need school leaders to be instructional, you know, instructional leaders and have instructional coaching and all of that. But this is a yes and, right? This is a supporting leaders, teachers as individuals, as humans, and sort of their own social emotional needs so that they can be better equipped to handle the needs of whoever they're serving. And a big part of that is the stigma that's associated with it, which is just ridiculous because every high performer has a coach that helps them get better. And in education, we only assign coaches to the people who are struggling. It's totally backwards. And and for some reason that has crept into our uh into our understanding of what education is, that those who aren't very good get coaches when really everybody should have a coach and have someone who can 
help them. And, you know, we only give mentors to new teachers and only for the first year or two. And those things are just backwards. We need to have, I mean, I've, I'm a proponent of everybody going out and finding their own uh, tribe of mentors, their own group of people they can go to and get support and advice from. And I've certainly done that. This podcast is a good example of that, that the whole time that I was a principal, I would I would have a problem and I would find people who could solve that problem for me. And I would record them telling me how to solve it. <laughs> it helped me learn so much more than if I had just tried to go read a book about it or, you know, take a college course on it or something. It, it really helped me get specific about the things that I need. And we need, we need that to be more the norm because it is exactly what every person needs. Everybody needs someone to help them. A, another story from my wife is, She's doing life coaching with this woman named Jody Moore, and it's just been fantastic for her because she's she said multiple times doing this coaching has really helped me change my mindset. And we've said we just need to have we just need to always be working on ourselves and improving ourselves because ultimately we're responsible for the things we do and the, th- the way we act and the things we learn. That's all on us. And, and if we can instill that value early on, I think it's going to be even more valuable. So we're trying to do that that's, with our kids also. That's amazing. And you, you said something really that triggered for me, uh, the word mindset, right? And that's so critical and so important. Um, at BTS Spark, some of the work, if I can share a quick example that we're doing right now, really excited. We've been working with having a partnership with Surrey Schools in Canada, uh, Jordan Tinney. And I feel like he's probably been on your podcast as a superintendent. Um, and you know, they, he hasn't, but he should be, we should talk more about that. He, they created, we co we created a program for them, for their teachers from surviving to thriving. And essentially we put together a group coaching program where every teacher is having the the opportunity to, to, you know, talk about work-life balance, to talk and understand about how to bring the spark back into your work. Right. But to actually have the time and the space and the, um, you know, the resources committed at the district level to say, this is important. Your well-being as a, as a teacher, your well-being as a principal is important to the overall success of our learning community. And so examples like this and, you know, communities that we're working with really give me hope. Um, and it, and I hope that it will start to spread, that we'll start to see in the educational community, the importance of, you know, survive, of, of really supporting our educators and fully attending to the adult social emotional needs, you know, parallel to those of the students. Um, and that we can sort of get away from this like superficial recharge um, and we can get to more sustainable support. Because I think a lot of what we do in schools to support uh, teachers and principals, it, it really falls in that superficial recharge. You know, you see it right now, like at the start of a summer, you see it's like all about, you know, rest and relax. And here's your summer books that you can read. But now as you're going into a school year, it's sort of like, okay, well, what are the strategies now to keep well-being alive and going? And I, I do believe, you know, there's some cool new opportunities to check out. Certainly masterminds like yours, BTS Spark, there's a lot of, there's a lot percolating in this space. And I hope that it will continue to be nurtured. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've talked to a number of coaches and mentors on this show about different ways to do that with teachers, with instructional coaches, with principals. And so there's a lot out there. And 
Um, in the show notes, I put a couple links to podcasts, but with Ryan Gottfriedson, who's all about mindset and he's got so much good stuff. Definitely want to check out and Danielle Newfer, who is about teacher support. And then a webinar that I did with, um, uh, Julia King pool about the burn in mindset instead of being burned out, you burn in. And, uh, so that webinar also is a great one to, to check out. There's just a lot of resources out there for people. So if you're feeling like you don't like you need something or your teachers need something, you know, reach out to either one of us. Both of us have a wealth of connections and network where we could find exactly what you're looking for. I'm sure I'm not worried about that at all because there's, there really is a lot out there and it really needs, especially as we start the school year, it really needs to be an emphasis on having that support and, and providing that support as you know, this may be one of the most challenging school years that we have had in a very long time. Isn't that interesting and and somewhat true, right? We're going to have to talk about like a new normal and creating new routines and coming out of what we just transitioned away from. So while, you know, we as educators may think, wow, we just survived an unprecedented year and we did. You're right. I think the road ahead, we have so much more work to do. And the challenges as we're rebuilding and re-entering and creating a new normal is we're going to have to attend to the social emotional needs of everybody, students, adults, teachers, principal, like we're going to have to pay attention to it and provide resources there. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're definitely going to have to. Um, so in closing, Alyssa, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? I think one really easy thing is to connect, right. To find, to find that support person, a peer, somebody outside of your building that you can have these really honest conversations about, your own personal needs, your, you know, personal resilience and your challenges that you're having perhaps leading. Um, And then beyond that, if there's more formalized support, I think certainly reaching out to folks like Jethro or myself and BTS Spark and, um, you know, investing in yourself. So often I see that in education, especially we're so quick as um, educational leaders to invest in every tier below us, whether it's our teachers or our students, um, that it feels like a luxury to invest in ourselves, And I, I would say it's okay. It's not actually a luxury. It's a necessity. And investing in yourself as a leader is really important for the health of your own school community. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Alyssa, thank you so much. I also put in the show notes a, an article that you and Sean Slade wrote called Let's Not Forget the Pandemic, the Effect the Pandemic Has Had on Teachers and Leaders from Edweek. And then also uh, your Twitter handle at AM underscore Gallagher so that people can easily reach out to you. Alyssa, thank you so much for, for being part of Transformative Principle today. Thanks so much, Jethro. Hey, middle school principals, what if I told you that all your teachers had to do to teach your students really valuable social and emotional competencies was just press play? In Control SEL is a fully automated video curriculum that teachers and students absolutely love. And that's because it's easy and it looks just like a Netflix or a YouTube show. So all you have to do to hear about how it can completely transform your school is schedule your call. Tell us Jethro sent you and you'll get 20% off if you feel like it's a good fit. So go now to www 
www.incontrolsel.com slash strategy call to schedule your call today. The link will be in the show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.